We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company coming at you Wednesday morning. It's March 22nd. I'm joined on today's show by Wolves beat writer Jace Frederick from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. And our plan today was, I guess, slash is to make a list of the things we're looking for in the return of Farley Towns and Anthony Edwards from their injuries. I felt like the obvious topic here after the athletic reported on Tuesday morning that there is, quote-unquote, optimism that Cat and Ant will return on Wednesday against Atlanta. You know, that's coming from Shams, so we know that's likely coming from Cat and Ant's agents, not necessarily the team. And then, you know, we, I guess we think that even more because Finch then goes on uh, Chad Hartman's local radio show, it's kind of the team response here, and, you know, gives a less encouraging uh, report about the the timeline of these two. So. Before we bring uh, Jason here, we'll play Finch on WCCO Radio with Chad Hartman. This was on Tuesday afternoon. Conversation right here, Chris. At one forty-five, looking ahead to tomorrow night, do you expect Towns and Edwards to both play? I do not. I mean, there's, uh, you know, they're both in um, in valuation periods, you know, um, and they're on def- they're definitely on separate timelines. Uh, you know, whether those timelines end up coming together at the same point, I'm not sure, you know, um, they're very different. I do know that Anthony's feeling better and better every day, uh, which is a good sign. And we know Cat is close. Um, you know, he's going through his workout progressions as normal. And these things are evaluated like, you know, almost twice daily. How How is it feeling? What's it looking like? Do we need more time? What's the return to play look like? You know, what? how does that fit with what we're trying to accomplish? So, yeah, so, I, I mean, I, uh, the, the, that is, uh, of course, an optimism that we're all hoping for. Um, and we're pretty confident at some point before the end of the season we're going to see him out there, but I can't tell you that. As we're having. So, Jace, you know, today I still want to go through our lists of, you know, what specific things we're looking for in Cat and Ant's return um, that might not be particularly relevant sounds like for Finch uh, in the next 24 hours, but I think, you know, maybe within the next 72 or this week, these topics are relevant as to, you know, they're going to kind of 
what happens on the floor when Kent and Ann are back out there is going to determine where this team, you know, falls ultimately, I think, in the in the playoff standings. Uh, what but what what do you take from that just briefly on timeline stuff? What do you what do you take from that Finch clip, you know, in in response to directly or indirectly to the athletics reporting that they were probably coming back on, on Wednesday? How how do you just go about thinking about this? Uh, I, I think part of it is like to put in like, basically, I think the organization is being like, that's not a lock, um, you know, that, that those two are coming back. And frankly, that like, you know, maybe it's Ant, maybe Ant's really pushing to play and they're like, no, not yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be something as simple as that. Um, like, oh, I don't expect them both to play. Like, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. But like, Ant's still questionable. The fact that Cat was questionable on Tuesday afternoon's injury report usually means like somebody's questionable if they're actually coming back from a long injury that's generally kind of the way things go like out 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 and then when you're questionable you play otherwise they would have just put you as out that has been the pattern right like with other players coming back tp kyle anderson whatever this year right so i mean i i would guess now that cat is coming back and i think it's probably more of a question mark but anyway i think i would think a lot of it is always just like let's put a little bit of water on this like you know so fans aren't expecting that Ant and Cat are both definitely playing, and then when they one of them doesn't, people get upset, you know, um, as if the team ever put anything out that said that they were both playing, uh, mm-hmm. because the Timberwolves would be the one who takes the fire off of that. I, I just thought in general, though, like Finch's general comments, um, even about like Cat and his timeline coming back, were super interesting. Um, the idea of like, well, we got to look at what his return to play looks like. What? What like how how does that fit into what we're trying to do? Accomplish as a team, yeah, I thought yeah, that was exactly. You know, like, and I think, and I think, so we saw like that cat lion tweet <laughs> over the weekend or whatever it was, and it was like let let the kid do what he loves. I do think you know, like from what we've heard Finch in the last couple of weeks, like you know, like a couple of months ago he mentioned, hey, we might put cat in the corner a little bit more. Like a couple of weeks ago he goes, hey, cat might have to come off the bench depending on minutes restrictions. I don't expect that, but. Um, and then here it's like, well, we got to see how what he can do on the court kind of aligns with what we're trying to accomplish. Like, I think this is kind of something where maybe the team realizes there are nine games left. We are in the middle of a very, like, very yeah. competitive play in playoff race. If they see Cat every day, they might be like, ooh, it looks a little rusty. Ooh, it looks a little out of shape. Um, I don't know that. Uh, I'm just saying, though, like, Cat might not get to come in and do every single thing that he wants to do um, as he just works his way back in here with the team at its most critical juncture of the season. Like what this return has to make sense for cat and what he tries to do and how many minutes he plays and whatnot. And it also has to make sense for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And so I think it's good if the Timberwolves are kind of, I don't know, positioning themselves there of being like, we can't just do whatever Cat wants here and whatever Cat feels is right for him. Um, obviously, that does that means if Cat, it's, that doesn't mean you play Cat 40 minutes if his body's not up to it. But I'm saying like even less than he maybe feels like he can do if that best fits the team right now. If you listen to this on Thursday morning and and Cat has played in this game, you know, just just skip ahead like three, four minutes here. Uh, we'll start talking about what we're actually, you know, looking for in, in his return. But, but I think it is like if he played like 16 minutes or something, you yeah. know, like any he, and he's and he's only like, you know, he's just kind of floating around a little mm-hmm. bit. He is in the corner like he's not like a dominant cat. And they're like, look, we just thought we'd use him as a shooter, you know, like to, yeah. to get it going here. Like, I think he can play and that's not like but it, it can also be fitting into what the team wants him to do right now um, to help them win some games here as he kind of gets ramped up. And and I think, and this was a really good question by you, 
two weeks, at least two weeks ago, when you asked Finch, is there, you know, a point in the season? I think you, the way you put it, you're like, is if there's like five games left and that's when Cat comes back, is there a point where that's too late in the season given what the team is trying to accomplish and make the play in and, and do those sort of things that he, you know, that he won't play in what Finch said in that. He said it was a good question and that that's a, that's a tough thing for them to answer. But he did say to you that with an all NBA player, it's hard to tell him not to play and that he, you know, didn't think that that would ultimately be what they would get to. And instead there'd be some accommodations like potentially coming off the bench and finding ways in which to make it work. So I think we're kind of hitting that juncture of, of the process right now. And I think that's what they're deliberating on too. I like you, the things you pointed out in just those comments right there, they're trying to figure out what they need to accomplish because they want to make the playoffs right here. You know, like this is a team with no incentive to not make the playoffs, anything like that. And there will be some element of a disruption factor if and when uh cat does get back. So I don't know. TBD, we'll we'll see what happens um on Wednesday night, or then, you know, they can buy what is it, four more days if they wait yeah. until the game on on Sunday against Golden State. Or I figure you probably wouldn't play Ant or even Cat. Back. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you just wait till Monday. Um something like that too, if for for one of them or or for both of them. I don't know. We will see. What I'm much more interested in talking about is what this actually looks like on the floor and actually doing the process, like the, the thought process of what am I looking for? You know, what, what are we, what are we trying to track here? So as to, you know, determine how functional this is or isn't, or might be in the future. It's so easy to, you know, get really laser focused on what the first 21 games look like the 400 minutes that Rudy and Kat shared the floor together and be like, okay, X, Y, and Z wasn't what worked. But we have these other variables now, too, where this team has obviously evolved in an immense way over 52 games, as they naturally would, that I don't know if that X, Y, and Z, maybe X is relevant and Y and Z aren't. Like, what what are the what are what is the main thing or a main thing that you are looking for in this with Kat or with Ant, maybe both of them, uh, when they return that is that is worth tracking going forward yeah so i we talked about that we were going to talk about this and i have a few bullet points but the first thing i wanted to bring up is just is cat like with nine games to go here and i think it's the most important thing before we look at any of that stuff like before we look at any of these numbers make any judgments like you have to watch cat these first couple games and like go is he cat you know yeah. like it's it's entirely possible that he won't be and then you'll look at it and be like well, this doesn't work. Like these numbers, well, look at this, this, this rating with this lineup is terrible. Uh, this matchup doesn't work. I, I do think the first and foremost, the thing we have to do is like look at Cat, the sure. way he plays, the way he moves, like the type of condition he's in. Like, and so that's for that's the step one in my entire evaluation process yeah. is watching Cat and realizing, like, is this actually Carl Anthony Towns, um, you know, like the all star version, or is this a guy who is very clearly working his way back from an injury and ready to play, but not ready to play anywhere near an elite level. Uh, that's the first thing I'm going to look at before I do anything else. Yeah. And, and I think uh, obviously there's just the eye test of like, what's his wind look like? And you can, you can kind of tell that I'm just thinking like kind of off the top of my head in times that Carl has come back uh, from injury. Hasn't, you know, hasn't been in playing shape. I think foul troubles often a good indicator 
uh, with him if he's you know a step slower than than he normally is. I think that's not just a cat thing. That's kind of true. I think for all players when when they're coming back, but that that kind of sticks in my mind. So if Cat does play tonight and he starts or against Golden State and there's a couple possessions where he's, you know, kind of that half step slow and he make tries to make up for that with, you know, a couple fouls in the first quarter or the first half or whatever it might be. I think, you know, that's something that we can point at to be like, okay, what it, what did this look like when Carl was put in a stress test situation, even if it's just a, a single possession, but you're totally right. I think I think that uh, is the main thing. Just looking at Cat. What about uh, as the team? What's what's a, another or one of your bullet points that that stick out there? Yeah, I mean, my main one is like something where I think they've gotten better this season, and part of it might be because Towns wasn't on the court. It's transition defense. Like this team got blitz. Like teams just going up and down on them uh, purposely. Like opponent scouting report, get out and run. We'd see that in the first quarter. It'd be like, oh, okay, you know. Five minutes in, the other team has three transition layups. Like Rudy and Cat, uh, the obvious, you know, counter to that is get up and down and run. Uh, Minnesota's been better, at least from the eye test in transition defense since then. But now you got two bigs again. Like, and and is it just going to be every single night for as long as these two are a tandem of Gobert and and Towns? Like, forget about Ant here. Like, is is a team with two seven footers capable of getting back on defense yeah. when the other team makes and puts an emphasis on running out in transition? Because if not, everything else kind of feels moot. Um, because that was such a huge part of why they struggled early in the year. Yeah, no, I I had that on my my list too, with kind of like an addendum of like transition offense as well. Sure. Like I, as I was thinking about this, I'm thinking about we we talk all the time about. You know, no Patrick Beverly, no Jared Vanderbilt, no Malik Beasley, and how with the departure of them, the team lost so much of its identity, even just in the basketball sense of of how they played, right? And I wonder if to some extent we've undersold how much Cat was part of that identity too, and the things that that team, you know, did well or different. And I was I was looking while well, while I was looking up the transition defense stuff, you know, it was also like transition offenses there. And I was looking at last season, the teams who played in the half court slowed down the least were Toronto one, Memphis two, Minnesota three. The Wolves played in they got out in transition a ton, played in the half court as little as possible. Fast forward to this year, it's again Toronto one, it's Memphis two, and the Wolves have dropped from three to 21 so they are playing now after playing the third least in the half court they're playing the 10th most in the half court and I think like part of you go you just think about cat not exactly lightning quick he's kind of does what he does often in the half court what he does best but I wonder if just his presence some more rebounding so just just who and how he is gets this team to play less slow I know that seems counter, kind of counterintuitive, but we do have last season where he was out there a ton when this team played a lot faster, um, not only in, on transition defense, but really being intentional about getting out in, in transition offense. So I think those are tied to each other. How much am I totally off base here that Cat boosts that or is that more an identity of last season thing? I think that Cat can definitely boost your transition offense. I don't know if that will be the case when Gobert is on the court as well, yeah. because I just think like Cat being that go-to defensive rebounder, 
who would then get the ball out and then would be his own version of secondary transition, um, whether that's catching up top and popping or it's catching and going Mm -hmm. right away off of his matchup and blowing by his guy uh, for a bucket. Like, I think that had a part to do with it, um, frankly. Uh, Now, I don't think he's in that position nearly as often. Now it's like, okay, you might be defending someone more towards the perimeter and now like Cat's filling a lane, I guess, in transition. (laughs) Like, it's just not the same thing, I don't think. Uh, That's true. But I, I do think it's something that they can continue to execute when maybe Gobert's not on the court. Uh, but I, I do think you're right, though. Like, this team has athletes and whatnot. Like, they've got to find ways to get up and down, even with Cat and Rudy out there. Yeah, uh, it it was in the first 21 games when Cat and Rudy were both on. I mean, Rudy is the, the real factor here. Um, okay, hang on. We should probably... The update, as we recorded this, both Woj and Shams tweeted that Cat will make his return tonight. Okay, well, we'll 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 do it live. <laughs> we have <laughs> cat, both cat and ant. Okay, no, 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 not ant. Not it's ant. Woj okay. and Shams both said cat's going back. Okay, so that was kind of in line with what we were we were just right. talking about uh, right there. That's kind of I think what the the Finch soundbite sort of sounded like. So we now know that cat is coming back uh, tonight in this game, and you know these <laughs> now these things that we're going to go through, we can focus more so on the the cat angle of it, which I think we were doing with the transition offense and right. defense. We know with Ant, like Ant's going to get them out in transition offense more. He's, I don't know if he's a great get back at defense guy, but he's certainly faster. So to the transition element, I think Ant like boosts that, but it'll actually be kind of interesting to see what pace the Wolves play with tonight with cat on the floor uh, versus e- even without Ant, right? Like that's kind of, um, I think an element they're going to just need to play faster. And I know you have Rudy Gobert on your team. They're going to have to get back faster. And on offense, I think they're just going to need to be more into. I think Rudy's. I think Rudy's gotten better at that too. I think he's learned the identity of this team, and he knows that you know this is different than Utah. There's been a lot of small tweaks in his game that have been like, all right. As Finch was saying, we need Rudy to kind of accommodate to our group. We spent the beginning of the season accommodating to what Rudy does. I think uh, I think Rudy has grown in his awareness of of what this team uh, needs to. So, Jason, let's take let's take one more break or one our first break, and then um, come back with a couple uh, other items of things we're looking for in Cat's return. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe Ant's going to come out here, here later. Could be. Could be. <laughs> uh, we'll be back with uh, Chase here in a minute. Today's show is brought to you by Land and Lore, and the people at Land and Lore wanted me to tell you that they get tired, super tired. Tired of always looking like, but life hits hard. They're dads with kids that don't sleep and with wives that are constantly mad at them for things they didn't realize they did. Plus, maybe they stayed up all night rewatching last year's playing game versus the Clippers because it's thus far the highlight of their adult lives. But what's worse than feeling like is looking like it, because when you look like everyone can see it, and no matter how much coffee or Celsius they inhale, they still walk into work looking like cave dwellers. That's why Land and Lore, they created the energy drink for your face. So no matter how you feel, you don't have to look like it. What's even better, because they love the Timberwolves, is they're giving fans 20% off the brand. Just go to Amazon.com and search for Land and Lore face products and use promo code 20AntMan to get 20% off. Land and Lore, proven to help you look awake no matter how long of a bender you've been on. Today's show is brought to you by Falling Knife Brewing Company, and Falling Knife is the brewery in Minneapolis showing every Wolves game on their TVs and projection screens with the sound on. So this weekend, 
If you're looking for a place to watch the Wolves play the Bulls on Friday or the Raptors on Saturday, head over to Falling Knife in Northeast Minneapolis. And also keep April 6th marked on your calendars for a live show with myself, Britt Robson, and Kyle Tige, who you hear all the time on the pod. Uh, because on the 6th, Britt, Kyle, and I will be at Falling Knife. We'll get there at about 6 p.m. to hang out, have some beers before the three of us do a live show at 7 p.m. I don't think the three of us have ever done uh, a show all together. So that will be fun. We'll also hang out afterward for a while to chat, answer some questions if you have them. Again, that's April 6th at Falling Knife Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis. And go watch the Wolves games there this weekend with other Wolves fans. That's Falling Knife Brewing Company, Northeast Minneapolis. All right, uh, back with Jace Frederick from the Pioneer Press. And Jace and I are going through things that we are looking for in Cat's return, now that we know that Carl Anthony Towns is returning on on Wednesday night. And I think this is you know relevant for the whole final nine games of this season. We talked about transition offense and defense before the break. What is another thing that you are looking at, Jace? I mean, it's something that we assumed would happen at the beginning of the year and then didn't, and I just has to. Uh, if Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns are going to be on the floor together, like this has to be a better rebounding team. Like if, if you are going to play two seven footers and not be a good rebounding team, like blow it up. It doesn't make any sense. That has to be an area that you dominate. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't um, in the first 2021 games of the year. And this is where like, this is where when Kat would say stuff like, I need to just kind of play my own game out there, be more assertive myself. Like, I don't think that should be in terms of like the offense and you just finding your own shot and, and making sure you score 30 points. Like, I think it should be Kat was a dominant player on the defensive glass. Like, and I understand he's not going to be stationed in the paint, but yep, like, that's a factor. Bring that same mentality, mm-hmm. uh, like, of every defensive rebound is yours. Like, that. And sometimes he would hunt those to a certain degree to like where it was not advantageous. But I think in the general thing, like it was a positive for Minnesota. So be that same guy like you and Rudy both go after them. And and then now this team should be significantly better in that area and dominant. And that automatically makes your defense much better, where I think the defense could get worse just swapping in Cat for Kyle Anderson um, at various points because Cat doesn't match up as well with fours. You make up for that by being really great on the defensive glass, like be one of the best defensive rebounding teams, be dominant on the offensive glass, like be be a team that looks big. Right. <laughs> like there are so many times in those first 20 games where they didn't in any way, shape or form outside of the actual height on the floor, look big. Um, and I, th- I think that starts with setting a tone on the glass. Yep. So the the numbers were in those first 21 games of the season, the Wolves were 20th in offensive rebounding and 23rd in defensive rebounding. That's actually got, it's, it sounds impossible, but this is, it's actually gotten significantly worse in the 51 or 52 games uh, that that Cat has been out. The Wolves are 27th in offensive rebounding in that time, and 28th in defensive rebound. Fourth worst offensive rebounding team and third worst defensive rebounding team since, you know, November 28th when when Cat got hurt. That is inexcusable. We've talked a lot about how that is on the guards, too, or the, the wings coming in to crash. But it's your main guys taking care of that are your four and your five. And and that absolutely needs to be something that that improves with this group and is is worth tracking right off the bat. How many of those like long rebounds, effort rebounds? I feel like guys like Jaden McDaniels and and others have have come in to be more intentional about that. But ultimately, the numbers are still bad. The, the, these teams are getting a crazy amount of second chance opportunities over the past fifty games, 
And that, like, I should note, I should note, like, the yeah. defensive rebounding, like, yeah, the ranking, you're right. The percentage went from 70.2 when Cat was in there to 70.1 when Cat mm-hmm. was not in there. So, like, sure, they're doing the okay. same. Others in the league maybe are doing a little better. Yeah. Well, that, that's a weird thing when I was just, just as an aside, when I was looking like at all of these numbers, I mean, it, it's, it's wild. Like, the, the Wolves defensive rating, they were four when Cat was in. They were 14th, giving up 112.5 points per 100 possessions. They've, in the Rudy time, improved to 8th overall while giving up 114.3 points per 100 possessions. So, actually, a massive jump in points allowed, yet a massive jump in where the team ranks. I mean, scoring is just really up across the board. I think it was low, actually, to start the season. I remember, like, Looking at that at the beginning of the season, I remember Finch kind of talking about that. So some of these num- it's it's been so long that some of these numbers are are a little bit backwards. But yes, I mean we could talk about the the percentage point here and there. The Wolves have been terrible were terrible yeah. at rebounding when Cat and Rudy were out there, and they were slightly more terrible. Uh, maybe I exaggerated that a little bit, but they have, they were have been worse rebounding since since cat went out and that is something i mean yeah i think that has to be number one like even more than transition like transition team i guess those kind of tie into each other at times i mean just it makes sense that you struggle in transition right like that that's almost like something that you're like okay we don't want to be that bad but we're giving that up we're giving some of that up yes like but it is supposed to be to dominate on the interior. Mm-hmm. Like it is supposed to be to be a dominant rebounding team. You cannot have both. And which are you more likely to be able to fix mm-hmm. the rebounding? Like just have your two, you know, general, really generation, generationally great rebounders for the last mm-hmm. five years rebound. I mean, like, and yeah, the wings and guards have to be included, but like cat's got to be a better rebounder. He's got to be more intentional. I think as much as anything else. I mean, we can do fancy numbers and everything, but you like, you said it best. Make it feel like you're a big team. Make it feel like you're a big team and and physically imposing. That is what having two seven footers and generational rebounding talents and you know, imposing offensive players because they're big on the other side of the floor. Like be that. Like you have to be that. Or like you said, this just this this doesn't make sense. This is what they need to prove that actually it is a force and it is a weapon to be the bigger team than than the opponent every other night. I think you can, there's ways that you can even maybe at the beginning or just in general strengthen that by having Kyle Anderson play the three a little bit more, have Jaden McDaniels play the two a little bit more. If you got, even if it's Mike Conley at the one, if you got Jaden at the two, Kyle at the three, Cat at the four, Rudy at the five, I don't want to, I don't want to mm-hmm. see any number of anything that says, ah, this isn't a really physical team. That is a non-starter you need to be the most physical team, like literally every night, because that is how your roster has been constructed to win. That that's what Rudy was was brought here for was to shift everyone down a position, so they would become more physically imposing at that position, and that just has to happen because that comes at a cost. Now Cat's playing the four, and that puts him in, in a harder defensive position. All these other guys, you know, Kyle's been really good defensively this season. You and I talk about this all the time. A quick guy. That defense is not as good just because Kyle's slow, you know? So, like, if you are trying to take advantage of Kyle's size at the three, there's going to be an opportunity cost there, too. You need to make up for that by being more physical. And, yeah, I I think that's where this kind of 
I don't want to say starts and stops, but it's for sure, I think, where it starts from a team-wide uh, impact. And, and physicality does not require chemistry. You know, like, like being good on the glass does not require playing yeah. with one another and, you know, really getting to know one another's games and how you kind of jive together. Like, that is just a mentality that every single player brings and you go out and you do it. You say, we're going to get every defensive rebound. We're going to, you know, just physically impose ourselves. That, that doesn't require any time or anything. That's every player going out and playing with that intention. I think related to this, uh, Jace, the, the the physicality element or the size element of it, uh, not in the starting unit, but the next biggest guy on the team is Nas Reed. That's another thing I had written down here. I mean, I think one thing I'm looking for is just answering the question, will Nas Reed play? Will, will Nas Reed be in the rotation? Two questions to you. One, do you think he will? Two, do you think he should be? I don't know. It's really hard. Um, <laughs> like I, I've thought about this many times, and like the challenge is, I don't see how you don't want to play Kyle Anderson at the four as much as physically possible because yep. it's where he best fits. Um, and that I think that's true alongside Cat. I think that's true alongside Rudy. So like you talk about playing Kyle at the three, like I think the opportunity cost there is too great because like like you mentioned, like you go from a good defender to a mid defender. Frankly, depending on the matchup, maybe sometimes it works, but. I think like Kyle has been too so important to this team and kind of has been a really good glue for making everything work. Um, I don't see his minutes declining like a ton. Um, they'll certainly drop some, but like it's going to be a power forward where he's his most effective. Like, and Nas at, at the four, like hasn't looked great very often in the few times they've tried it. And I understand that if it's going to work, you have to consistently do it um, so that he can get into a rhythm with it. And others can't too. I don't think that that should be with the final nine games of the season where you're trying to do something. Um, I think if it's like if you somehow re-sign Nas this offseason, then maybe you can commit yourself to it um, and right. say, hey, we're putting all our eggs in this basket. I don't think it makes sense when you need to win games. Um, and, and so if Cat's on a minutes restriction, then yeah. Then and Nas has to play some minutes like at the five or whatever. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, otherwise, though, like as that third big who's playing the four alongside Rudy and Cat um, when they're the solo centers, I don't I don't think it makes sense. Yeah, just here at the end. Just the numbers on it. I mean, Nas and Rudy have played 162 minutes together this season. They've been outscored by 54 points in that time, which is a net rating of minus 16.9, which is just so much significantly worse than anybody else Rudy has played with uh, around that minute total, or just from a net rating standpoint. Like the Nas Rudy thing really hasn't worked, I think. The only way you can say any glass half full here is, is that, yeah, it's just been for brief little stints of four or five possessions here and there. There isn't the rhythm, but that isn't really the, op the opportunity that would be here is, is short stints of Nas next to Cat or Rudy uh, when he's, he's at the four there. So it's just a hard thing to bank on. And this isn't just isolated to this season. Nas and Cat did not work next to each other last season. This was only 84 minutes but minus 10.3 net rating. And even if you go back the year before that, Kat and Nas played 160 minutes together. A little bit better net rating was minus 2.4. And in the context of that being a, you know, a worse team, that's actually, that's kind of in line with everyone else. I can't think off the top of my head exactly what contributed to Nas at the four being better that season than these other two. But generally speaking, across the board for the entirety of Nas's time here, him at the four has been problematic for this team. 
So yeah, I'm just kind of in the mold of like, yeah, Nas plays if Cat or Rudy get in foul trouble. And, you know, it's Cat doesn't play a back to back, you know, yes. or something like that. And and maybe these the the nine games plays into that. Like we said, it's okay, so Cat's returning tonight on on Wednesday, and then they have a back to back on Sunday and Monday. I would assume Cat doesn't play in both of those games. So then maybe, you know, Nas gets 20 minutes or whatever on Sunday or Monday, whatever game uh, Cat sits. But generally speaking, I would guess he doesn't play. It'll be it'll be something interesting to track because Nas has been, uh, you know, I mean, the, the numbers don't like love him on his impact out there. But I think when we apply the context of who he's played with and how at times he's kind of been like, your sixth man scoring option at times when you've really needed it. Like Nas has provided positive value, at least situationally for this team this season. So it's going to be, I think for fans, it's going to be a little weird to just see Nas kind of in the Nate Knight role. But I think that might be the Nate Knight slash Luca Garza role. Maybe the Garza one's the better way to put it where, yeah, Garza plays when you happen to have, you know, a, a guy in foul trouble or, or missing a game. I think I think that's where we're at with uh with Nas. Chase, let's grab uh one more break here and then come back for uh a couple of, actually before we do that, we're gonna do the I'll do a falling knife read here here live. Um wanna uh you know remind all of you that we you know we will be doing a live show there on April 6th, but really I wanna put like get on your radar that these last nine games, um it's going to be a, a lot more intense. I think it's going to be a lot more fun to watch with other people. Uh, Falling Knife is uh, open and has these games on uh, every single night. So whether it's tonight and you're looking for, if you're not going to Target Center to watch the game uh, or or even over this weekend, the Sunday and or Monday game, go to Falling Knife, uh, check it out. They've been staying open late uh, to, to have these games air completely before they close. So put that on your radar if you're looking for a place to watch the game. Um, tonight or or this weekend and then keep april 6th on your schedule uh for the live show that myself Britt, and kyle tiger are doing we'll take a break now and be back with jason another minute we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, back for a final segment with Jace Frederick. Uh, Jace, I want to talk a little bit uh, about some other teams around the West, but let's maybe each hit on like one more thing we're we're looking for here uh, in Cats' return to play that we're going to have our eyes kind of set on tracking as the game is going on. You got anything else? Yeah, I think just in general, like the half court defense that I think has 
at times been stifling for this team, like Minnesota, like when when and Jaden Kyle are all kind of locked in, like Conley Gobert, like there have been stretches where this defense looks like really good, yeah. like the strength and the driving force of the team. I want to see if Minnesota can still maintain some semblance of that um, with Cat out there at the four. Like that seems like an easy matchup generally for the opponent to attack, and there just hasn't been like an easy matchup for the opponent to attack. Uh, with with Minnesota's starting lineup previously, so I want to see like how Cat can kind of hold his own, or how Minnesota can adapt its scheme to make sure that that it's not giving teams kind of like an easy outlet or a mismatch to attack, which only not only matters now, but will matter again if they make the play in or the playoff. Like that's a big thing. Like that was one of the things I liked most about this team was like defensively they figured to be pretty good um, when it mattered most, and I want to see if that can still hold up with Carr and Pity Towns on the court. And Jace, right, so much of that has this defense being as strong as it has been um, over the last 50 games has been about, has been driven by the Rudy at the five and Kyle Anderson at right. the four. And, and the ways you can mismatch that as well. Like, totally. People just assume you can do cat with that too, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case. We'll I am curious to see. to see that. I am curious to see that, right? Though, like, what I mean, obviously, we think Kyle's better in those situations defensively. I am curious to see, like, are there times where you put Cat on the five and then you put Rudy in the spiral like you have with him and Kyle? I, I, I don't think that will be as effective as it is with Kyle, but it could be like a pretty big step worse uh, to Cat and still be a good move for this team right. because in the in the Rudy and Kyle Anderson minutes this year, the defensive rating is 107. I mean, it is the best defensive rating in the league is Memphis at 110. So. They are defending at it, have defended all season at an elite level when both Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert have been on the floor. That's been Kyle at the four, though. Now, now Cap moves into that and and Kyle moves to the three where he's played very little this season. So I'm totally with that. And I think that the defensive identity, how much of this holds in in Cat's reintegration uh, to this team, uh, I, I, I don't know exactly. And I think another one of my things that plays into this is what's the rotation, right? right like I'm, right. I mean, I think that is particularly important to track in this because if you're moving Kyle Anderson out of the starting lineup, right. Means he is now inherently not naturally going to get a ton of minutes with Rudy Gobert because Gobert is going to sub out and that's when Anderson's going to come in. So how, how, to what degree does Finch finagle the rotation, namely pointing at, putting Kyle next to Rudy. That's that's a tricky thing and will require a different uh, a different rotation with this group. What like I mean without getting super into details of like who subs out when and where like do you think just to the Rudy and Kyle point like can how much can Finch get to that now that Carl's going to be back in and probably starting at the four? I think a lot um at the very beginning when Carl is almost certainly on a minutes restriction mm-hmm. um you know, maybe playing like 16, 20 minutes here, these first couple games back, then it, it'll be easy to manipulate it. I think um, it's when say there are five, four, three games left in cat. It's like, okay, he's up to 30 minutes. Like mm-hmm. that's going to be tough. Um, like I, I still think, you know, you can get to a point where Carl and Rudy only have to play like 12 minutes together. That might've been kind of the initial design anyway, that they play 12 to 16 mm-hmm. um, and Kyle can play the four a bunch. So like, you can get to that, but I think we always talk about like it's how do you close games like that. 
I don't know if this team will ever be a great clutch time offense. I don't know if Anthony Edwards is to the point in his career where this team will be a great clutch time offense. They can be a good clutch time defense, um, but is that going to be the case now if you're closing with Rudy and mm-hmm. Carl as well? Like, it, it's totally like, how are you matching up these rotations for when these guys are in the game? Mm-hmm. Um, like, when, at what points in the game are these guys coming in together? Like, it's going to be really difficult. And like Kyle, you know, like when Ant's back and now your starting lineup is, you know, like we've said this many times, your starting lineup is Ant, uh, Conley, McDaniels, Cat, Rudy. Like, is that your closing lineup too? Is Kyle Anderson really not closing? Like, there are a lot of different things that Mike and Nora, Chris Finch, the whole coaching staff are really going to have to figure out and kind of decide, like, what helps us win right now? Like, we can have a different answer for this come next September. What is our answer right now to help us win games? Uh, throw, like, pride, emotions, egos out the door. Like, we have to win these games. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, I, I think from like a functional rotation standpoint, I think the way you get to Kyle playing with Rudy more is by not having Kyle be the first sub. You know, like the first two guys that are going to come out of the game are going to be Conley and Gobert. That's pretty much how it's gone, right? So if you take right, Conley... When Cat's when back, back. Like when he's not... Yeah, yeah, playing, yeah. This is, know, this when is he's not in like, minutes restriction. Yes. Post-minutes restriction, yeah. Yeah, during minutes restriction, I think it's going to be weird. You're probably not going to be able to get to what you want to because you have less resources to be able to apply, right? But if and when Carl's back playing like 36 minutes a night, I, I think the move, generally speaking, is to have Conley and Gobert come out first and have them be replaced by TP and J-Mac, right? And now Cat sides up to the five, TP's at the four, McDaniels is at the three, Ants at the two, J-Mac's at the one. And then... You bring in Kyle Anderson, like three minutes later, nine nine minutes in, you bring Kyle Anderson in for McDaniels, right? And so you've delayed Anderson coming in as much as possible so that he has as much overlap as possible with Rudy when he comes back in to to start the second quarter, right? Because I think the idea would be, much like Ant plays the entirety of the first quarter, the entirety of the third quarter, or close to it, if you could have Ant and Cat both doing that, again, minutes restriction needs to be gone. You play them like the whole first or third quarter, then you bring Conley and Gobert back in for them. You can then get like six minutes of Conley, Gobert, and Anderson. Like I, I think Kyle is the sixth man of this team, but to get him to play with Gobert, I think he's kind of like your eighth guy into the game, if if that makes sense. Sixth most minutes, roughly, but not the sixth guy yes. entering the game. I totally, yep, I totally get that. You know what I like? This is just a random tangent. Yep. Um, the fact that I think teams are realizing more and more that it doesn't matter who closes the first half. Uh, you know, like, like I've seen this a lot. I saw Oklahoma City do it last night. Shea Gilders-Alexander was on the bench to close the second quarter. That was totally just like, it made sense to get him some rest time then. Because you think it matters. It yeah. doesn't matter. Um, it, that's not the end of the game. Uh, you know, like, and OKC went on a little run to close the half anyway. But, like, you can, I think that's part of the way of, like, giving yourself flexibility. Saying, like, actually, we're going to have him set these three minutes. Um, you know, like it, because that's what works out with the combinations and where things are kind of lining up. Like I like getting as far out of like the set structure, um, that the rules that have kind of been made for NBA rotations for so long, like you don't need your closing lineup out there to close the first half. And that's just something that I like. And, you know, as teams have to get more creative, like Minnesota is going to have to get creative. I think you have to open your mind to all of those possibilities as well. I I'm with that. I do think though, with Conley and Gobert specifically, given their age, 
that they are going to give those guys the three stints per half rotation. Yeah, right? that makes sense. No, yeah, it's it's totally like an ant cat, you know, like Jaden. Like they that shouldn't be like like ant can play the two long stints per half, right? Right. What Rudy right. has done all season is three six minutes, sit for six minutes, you know, play for eight minutes, something like that, right? And or then and six minutes sit, six minutes, six minutes. Like right, he's it's been three different things, and I think. Maybe that's just physically where Rudy is at and what he needs. It's definitely what Mike Conley needs. They're shorter stints, but more of them. Uh, and and that is a complicating factor in wanting to get to everything that you want to get to. And I mean, like, I think there is just for the fans in general, there's going to be some frustration with like, wait, why are these guys out there at this time? Like, I, I literally spent last night like trying to go through this. And it's it's like one of those puzzles that you can never really solve. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got J-Mac playing 16 minutes in the first half. Like, that's not going to happen. You know, you like <laughs> literally try and do it. Like, I like it. I like where your head's at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like it, it is it is it is going to be a hard thing to finagle, particularly because Conley and Gobert have limited amount of time they can play straight. There's another factor of wanting to play Kyle with Rudy, though Kyle isn't going to start like there's a lot of things here that that complicate the process I think of getting to the rotations that you want to get to I don't know I'm with you like in the idea that you know you just kind of play it by feel but without structure I wonder if you end up finding yourself it's like oh man Kyle and Rudy only shared the floor for like nine minutes in this game you know so yeah it depends on what you I guess are specifically prioritizing I agree with you that Minnesota's roster is not as conducive to it as like an OKC where literally all the parts are interchangeable. Um, so like it really doesn't matter at all. Uh, you know, you want they probably are like, well, we just want two of these four out there on the court at any time and all the rest is whatever. Um, and that makes sense. We were we were both texting each other last night while we were watching that that Thunder Clippers game. And I think that's relevant to the Wolves and that, you know, the Thunder and the Clippers are two of the teams that the Wolves are kind of competing with in this, I think we can call it now, 5-12 to 12, uh, yeah. in, in the Western Conference. Especially with, with Paul George, we don't know the extent of that injury. We were watching a lot. It, looked, it was a pretty bad hyperextension. Like, yeah. he was carted. He, like, left the arena on a cart last night. Like, the Clippers probably are too far ahead of Minnesota. It's a couple games in the last column. They still have Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. They should get Norman Powell back. Like, they should still win enough games. But, like, I think they're back in play a little bit. I, I, I think so, too. I mean, I, I think we could at least open it up to like and I'm not necessarily saying for the Wolves standpoint, but like, yeah, I, I would even yesterday, like I would have been like, OK, I know what the top five is in the West and I right. was putting the Clippers there. I think that's even a question mark of the Clippers. If they lose that game and they lose Paul George, it seems for for some period of time that that opens it up. The Thunder are like ascending here. Everyone else is kind of doing the Wolves thing, you know, win a couple, lose a couple up and down sort of nature. I, I I mean, I want to talk about like just just where the West is, but I also think the Thunder are a really interesting team to talk about in the context of the Wolves and how the Thunder are choosing to play and build their roster versus how the Wolves are. And we can't we can't do the thing where we say, oh, like the Thunder are just playing, you know, five guys who are six foot six and shorter just because they're tanky and cute and they're doing this sort of thing. Whatever the hell the Thunder are doing, like you can't rip on it because Thunder are good. Like the, the, the Thunder are, are as good as any of those teams in that in that five to twelve range. And to that end, I find it fascinating 
that the Thunder are literally playing lineups of six, six, five, six, six, and shorter guys all the time, while the Wolves, and not just the Wolves, a lot of teams are doing the complete opposite. I just find this like fascinating how the Thunder play as small as they do and don't care. Like these teams will play two real big, like they would do it against the Wolves. They would play a bunch of small guys against the Wolves if they played them in in the play-in. And it's it's such a different roster construction strategy that I just, I find fascinating, particularly because it's working. It's working for the Thunder, you know? And in another way, it's kind of at least a small indictment on this idea of going really, really big like the like the Wolves have. What like I don't know, we were we were texting about this last night, but what are your just thoughts on that? Yeah, I think they've made it work because like they have the proper game plans for it every single night. Like they know where they are at their weakest and they will like, okay, let's double here and here. Like every time. Let's double here and here. And yes, that means player B and C are going to get are going to beat us tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it's it's Marcus Morris is going to have a lot of open threes and we're okay with that. Like they didn't even run out at it. It was like, okay, um, here we go. Cause we're all going to go in and, and try to hit the glass off this clank rather than have somebody charge out at you. Um, you know, and like in Evika Zubox, even they were like, all right, yep. He's going to get his in the post. Like, I think he went for like five for five, but guess what? It's not something the Clippers go to enough mm-hmm. uh, for it to actually make you pay. Like it was, and also like they have, when all of your perimeter guys are pretty strong defenders, like you don't need that rim guy. You don't, you know, it's, or it becomes far less of a necessity when you literally are defending the perimeter at such a high level, but not everybody's getting beat. Right. Um, you know, like Minnesota plays like that. Oh, stay home defense at some points in overtimes when teams go five out and they can't do it. Like, but OKC can do it because literally everybody on the court is capable of staying in front of their guy to a large degree. Like, so they've got the personnel to make it work. Uh, they have the game plans, the coaching strategy, flexibility to make it work. And they're getting the most out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And and this is and obviously they've got a center on the way, theoretically, with Chet Holmgren next year. But like they've made it work this year to a large degree without investing anything else in that position. Um, and they're so flexible. They're so adaptable. And, and their guys are really talented on both ends of the court. So, yeah, it, it works. And and it brings home in another way the the thing we've been talking about all year with Rudy and what he can do against small ball lineups, right? You need to be able to punish that on the interior, on offense. When you're on offense and a team is going as small as a team like the Thunder or other other teams in the West will too, um, I guess to add that onto the list, that's something I'm curious to see is what do the Wolves look like with Cat and Rudy both on the floor against a small ball lineup because I think that's improved over the course of the 50 games without cat. I think Rudy's gotten better there. I think they've gotten a better done a better job of finding Rudy to be able to punish there. I I wonder though if Rudy can be what he's been, good not great punishing that stuff. And then you kind of know cat's going to kill that, right? When if if a team's guarding him with a 6667 guy, you just put cat in the post a, as much as you can there like the Wolves should be able to punish that. Do you know? Do you know he's going to kill that? Because that's exactly what teams did to frustrate him with the with the doubles with the six six. Yeah, six, I, seven, I guess I meant that. That's the thing is, I guess it's it's the doubles and 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 that yeah. was a, a fascination of ours coming into the year as we we're thinking about right. Rudy in the Vando spot. What does it look like when Cat's on the right block and he gets doubled by two six seven guys? How do you how do you play off of that? 
I don't think we got to see enough of Cat and Rudy together being able to punish that. But that's and what Cat wasn't about. on the block much in those situations either. So like we'll see if they go to that more. Vin just said that's something he wants to. Those are like he said the corner thing, and then he said you'd like to get Cat on the block uh, more often. That is complicated by Rudy. The the more natural place, right, from a spacing standpoint, is to put Cat in the corner, leave Rudy in the dunker, right. That's what it'll be worth seeing is if and when Cat does post up, where does Rudy position himself, right? That doesn't cannibalize how good that post-up offense can be because Cat's post-up offense is not good when he gets doubled. He makes far too many turnovers out of that, or he did. He certainly did last season. But there is, I, I, I mean, like I think there really is a world where you play a team who, whether it's like the Thunder in the play-in or you know, another like the Kings or the Mavs or something like that in the in the first round and you go. I don't think they can play small against this team like the Wolves should be able to punish that so much that one of those teams needs to scrap that. Right. And that I, I think that should be a, a major weapon for this team, not not letting them dictate. Right. The Wolves, again, with that size, should be able to dictate physicality and not let teams be able to go five smalls when you got two centers out there like that that can't be that's another if you can't punish that in a playoff series that's another major indictment of of the whole process i am actually of the mind that they will be able to hurt that and a lot of that has to do with how i've seen rudy uh progress in that sort of way just tonight say Ann doesn't play because i'm just curious if, like if Ann misses say the next two games who, do you start Kyle Anderson at the three? Is that what you would do? Yeah, I would. Okay, you would go really big. I, I would. I mean, that's that's just kind of in general. And I mean, I mean you're, you're starting Conley at, at the one. I, I mean, we're gonna have to learn more about what Kyle looks like. I, I looked it up. It's like he's Kyle's only played five percent of his minutes this year at small forward. We really haven't seen it much at all. Um, I think that would be my initial inclination because again, if you don't start Kyle, how much is he gonna be able to play with Rudy? Like. The numbers are so, so jarring how much better Rudy is. We've got, they're a plus 163 in the 914 minutes that those two guys have played. And it's like a 950 that that Rudy's been out there without Kyle, minus 158. I mean, Rudy, it's not crazy to say Rudy only works on this team when Kyle Anderson is on the floor together. So if I'm Finch, I'm Mike Honore, I gotta aim at that and and. I don't know, like, what up? They would start in TP? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you maybe could tonight. Um, Cat yeah. might be playing, like, four-minute stints for all we know. You know? Yeah, that, that's the complicated part about this is, like, is it Cat at 35 minutes or is it Cat at 18 minutes? It, yeah. I mean, I have a hard time thinking it's going to be Cat at 35. Right. I just kind of want to put this out there, like, I know fans are probably really excited, like, Cat's back, one of the Timberwolves All-Star players, here we go, like, that I don't think this is going to be, like, cat flying out of the gates now not to say he might not go four for four on threes you know because like hey if he gets good looks like he's a great shooter he can knock him down but like i don't know if we're gonna get the same dominant player i don't know if we're gonna get the same minute load like i think he might get a very muted version um, you're not gonna get off the dribble cat right right i I don't think so i mean maybe like i don't i don't want to you know i don't know what he's been looking like here and like his workouts Mm -hmm. and whatnot maybe they they ramped up for such a long time that he is pretty close to like Mm -hmm. as close as you can be without game competition but like i don't think it's going to be the version that you are planning on here of like, okay, we got cat back. Here we go. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, no, no, that's, I, I, I think it could very well be like 16, 20 minutes. 
you mm-hmm. know, and, and he's working his way back in and it doesn't look very good. Um, just kind of be prepped for that possibility, I think. Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's accurate. L- last thing, in general, Cat's back and let's let's say it's, you know, it's next week or something. He is back up to 30 something minutes a game. Who are the nine guys in your rotation? If we're assuming the starting is yeah. Rudy at the five, Cat at the four, McDaniels at the three, Ann at the two, Conley at the one. Who are the who are the four guys off the bench? Well, when when I forget somebody, just remind me. Yeah. Uh, but at the top of my head, not even thinking about it, it it's Kyle Anderson, it's Jordan McLaughlin, um, it's Torian Prince, and it's that, no, this is it, the one, it, it, and it's Nah, and it's Nikhil Alexander Walker. Yeah, I mean that's that's my first inclination. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I I think that's the I think that's the one that makes most sense. I mean. Right, like what are your your other contestants here are Jalen Noel and Nas Reed, right? And Nas yeah, Reed, right. we went through. That's hard to find logic in uh, if everyone's healthy and not in foul trouble. And then Jalen Noel, it's like I don't know. Like Jalen provides offense, right? And in theory, again, if we're talking about when Cat is back, back, like that isn't as much what you would need. I mean, maybe it's. Jalen Noel kind of gets like the situational Austin Rivers type thing where it's like where Austin is coming in for like a six minute stretch for defense. Maybe Jalen comes in midway through the second quarter for five minutes of offense. But I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of assuming no Noel and no Nas. And and those are those are your nine. And then come playoffs, if that happens, I think you go to eight and you take Alexander Walker out altogether. And then you're just bench rotation is TP, J Mac. And Kyle Anderson. I think once you go to eight, that's your eight. You agree yeah, with that? I agree. Yes, one hundred percent. And McLaughlin's probably like they've they've tinkered with like J Mac Conley minutes. I think it'll be McLaughlin just plays Conley minutes when Conley's out of the game, and yep. then literally like Prince and Anderson are your kind of wing four mm-hmm. subs. Cat and Rudy are replacing one another at center, and that's about it. Yeah, and and J Mac will play alongside Conley a little bit too. I think if you go to, eight, I don't know in the playoffs. I mean, I don't, if you're, if you're at eight, right. If you're at eight, I, 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 it'd be small because Ant's going to play like 40 minutes in the, in the playoffs. Right. That's um, why I just don't know how many of those possibilities are out there. I and, mean, and that goes back to this crazy jigsaw puzzle. That is the, right. the rotation. I don't, I just think like, I think some people would be like, wait a minute. You guys said only in the playoffs that J Mac TP and Kyle are going to be your only guys off the bench. Like where's the shooting guard. I think that would be the accommodation is J Mac gets some there or Jaden sides down to the two some like it, it's it's a weird team where pretty much everyone on the team can play two positions and only two positions you know what i mean it is it is they're like interchangeable but not it's again it's it's a bizarre roster that makes this all the whole reintegration process bizarre to to figure out it's why i think it's going to take some time even on top of whatever wind things that cat and ant too like Kind of concerned about what Ant after a week of being off his feet looks like from a physicality standpoint, right? We've we've seen seen that play out. So, I and in Minnesota, like I think it's trying their best to be smart about like Ant not coming back too early. Um, and I Ant is somebody who would absolutely come back too early and would never get all the way back and would struggle the rest of the year because he came back too early. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't. Be, I think Minnesota's kind of trying to fight some of that um yeah. you know because the instinct is to push them out there um because you have to win these games but like <laughs> you it's do better to wait a little bit longer too like i mean 
it, it is a real delicate balance right here. You really do need to win these games. I mean, you have is... to win tonight. And that's the, that's the mm. interesting thing about cat coming back and like disruption. Like you should win. You have to win this game. Mm. Um, and, and maybe it's more likely if cats out on the court, but it also is quite a dance of like this team had a real nice groove in chemistry and played really well against New York. And now you're throwing in a disruption into it. Um, and I think it makes it, it, it might like the ceiling goes up and the floor goes down, I think specifically for tonight, which means that maybe it is a little bit less likely that you win this game. I, I feel pretty good about it. Uh, like, I, I, I don't know. Have you seen what the line is? It was four and a half earlier. Wolves four and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. And, and part of it is, is Atlanta being a more traditionally traditional position type team. You know, like I'm not, I'm not super worried about like John Collins, like Cameron Johnson and cat to death, like at the four they're, they're pretty traditional. They played last night. I mean, they blew out Detroit, so it wasn't. I wouldn't say an exhausting uh, game that they had to play in, but I, I'm significantly more concerned about this team. Not all the way back from a health, like or a conditioning standpoint, against the Golden States, who's sure as hell going to try and run them on Sunday, and then obviously Sacramento on Monday is going to do that too, while also having power forwards who are going to be more problematic for 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 cat to guard. So I, I actually feel pretty good about the the Atlanta game and I've just I'm kind of underwhelmed by them in general. I I have Oh, I th- I I despise watching Atlanta play basketball, <laughs> but I mean, I don't Yeah. I mean, but, but uh, Golden uh, State I wouldn't be, be tough. I wouldn't be surprised if if they are able to manipulate some matchups and and score a lot of points. That's true. That's true. And they could take Collins off and they could go a little bit smaller. Uh, yeah. I, again, that's going to be another thing interesting to track. How do team opposing teams try to punish this Wolves team now that they have have two centers. Not all what the Wolves are doing. It's also uh, what the opponent is doing against them. Uh, Jason, this has been fun. Uh, I'm finally ready to be done talking about Cat potentially coming back. We're we've got that now. I've I don't know how much time we've spent talking about that stuff here. It'll be it'll be cool uh, to see on Wednesday night, and I'll see you there. Thanks for doing it. Thanks, dude. Uh, he's Jace Frederick. Uh, you follow him on Twitter at Jace Frederick. Read them over at the at the Pioneer Press. Uh, I will be back with uh, Kyle actually on Thursday to talk about whatever happens in this uh, in this Hawks game on Wednesday. Uh, Britt needs another day, so he's actually tentatively um, the two of us are going to to talk on Friday. So we're kind of swipping, swipping, swapping uh, Kyle and and Britt this week. So I think two more podcasts this week uh, before the Wolves go into the weekend in Golden State and then Sacramento on Monday. Uh, until then, he's Jace. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd.